The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. In our Gospel for this morning, the disciples had a come-to-Jesus moment. They had just heard the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and they were probably identifying themselves with Lazarus until Jesus says what he says in chapter 17. To continue his theme from the Sermon on the Plain with his discourse on blessings and woes, he begins, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. This text this morning has the specific task of shifting the disciples' perspective. In case there was any confusion, they are to be the poor, echoing the first beatitude, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. The words of Jesus shift the disciples' view of the probability of their success. Listening to Jesus made them think that following him is going to be a lot tougher than they thought. And then they utter the words, increase our faith. Jesus' response teaches us the way of holiness. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. As the gospel unfolds, we will see the disciples struggle and stumble. For example, Jesus tells them of his coming death 
and they don't understand him. In the upper room at the Last Supper, Jesus says one of them will betray him, and they start to question one another as to which one was going to be the guilty one. Then the disciples begin to argue about which of them was the greatest. The human predicament is such that we think we must be the ones to be aggressive and strong and affect the change. The strong are praised in the world, while the meek are despised. But if the disciples are going to be successful, they must realize that the ability to follow Jesus and turn dark hearts to the quiet joy of the Savior must come from outside of themselves. We hear these words of Jesus, and we strain and struggle and grunt to make the mulberry tree move. And we end up exasperated by our failed efforts. Jesus has something in mind when he says that if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, something impossible can happen. The scriptures are full of examples of impossibilities taking place. For example, in Isaiah chapter 66, the last chapter of the book, the Lord declares that the time is coming to gather all nations and languages together. And he continues that the nation shall come and see the Lord's glory and he will set a sign among them. And then the Lord says, and from them I will send survivors to the nations. And he proceeds to rattle off a list of Gentile nations. To those hearers, this would have sounded like an impossible task. Many of these nations had a history of warring. They all worshipped other gods, sometimes different gods. And among these Gentiles existed strong national borders. Finding common ground to talk about Jesus sounded nearly impossible. How can something great happen in this situation when the odds are so great? But then we fast forward to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts details for us the fulfillment of Isaiah 66. And it happens in seemingly impossible ways. Stephen, a deacon, follows in the footsteps of Jesus as one who serves. To the observer, everything went wrong with Stephen when he became the first martyr of the church. He went out preaching to the Jews, and his ministry was abruptly cut short. Yet it is precisely in this seemingly small seed of a death that we see similarities to Christ's own passion. Stephen cries out, Lord, receive my spirit, and Lord, do not hold this sin against them. But at that time, Stephen's death looked like an insignificant mustard seed lost in the wind. 
but immediately. The next verse says that a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered. It would happen that Stephen's martyrdom and the subsequent scattering of the church to the nations would unfold in Acts, leading to the fulfillment of Isaiah 66. All of this came through the seeming insignificance of the apostles and the church. The death of a deacon, which seemed to put a stop to it all, simply grew and developed and shaped the young church. In a similar way, we look at our own insignificance and we wonder what good can come from us. We quietly reflect on our own struggles with faith. Our sins scream into our consciences as we look at the examples of the apostles, saints, and martyrs. Our doubts about it all get louder. But the miracle of a mustard seed faith shows itself at the altar. We confess what we and the world and evil have done. And with the faith of a mustard seed, we look into Jesus' face and we wonder, can the impossible happen? Can I be forgiven in spite of a faltering life? And the impossible happens. Jesus absolves you. He casts your sins into the heart of the sea like a mulberry tree being uprooted and planted into the sea. And this is what Jesus is teaching us. Our impediments to holiness are cast away. And Jesus brings growth out of something so small, like a little glimmer of faith and hope. The world looks at the odds and scoffs, but a divine calmness comes over the church. The Lord makes you sprout and grow as a glorious church, full of the love and the joy of heaven. Impossibilities are opportunities for the power of God. Chaotic lives become ordered through baptism. The church grows from the martyrdom of Stephen. In a dark world, the light of Christ shines in this place. A mustard seed faith moves from death's sting to resurrection life through the blood of Jesus. The preaching of the gospel to the world delivers it. The words of Jesus to those disciples have been fulfilled. You are the mulberry trees uprooted from death and moved to life through the witness of those same disciples. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen.